Welcome back to Sons of Swoop, episode number 15. And Jeff, the Eagles' magic number is 38-7, to baby. The Eagles did it again in the playoffs. What a total domination in the divisional round. Jeff, your thoughts? Domination is the word, Joe. I mean, I, I boy, was I wrong. I mean, last week I thought... You know, this is a divisional game. This is the third time these teams are playing. I thought the Eagles were going to come out rusty. I thought it was going to be close. I am so happy that I was this wrong. What an absolute domination. I mean, this game was never close. From the jump, the Eagles come out, drive right down the field, score a touchdown, score again. The Giants had no shot in this game. This team came out ready. They set the tone. They set the intensity with the physicality. And it was just a master class uh, of the game by the Birds. I mean, 38-7, to it wasn't even that close. The, the game felt like it was like 56 to nothing. Yeah, it was over very quickly. And you could just see the Eagles dominated them and were the better team all around. And Jeff, I'll be honest, last week I was just tired of hearing it from the national media, from the Philly media. Oh, the Giants, they're really good. They're way better than you think. They're hot. Daniel Jones is great. Saquon Barkley's unstoppable. I was tired of hearing it, hearing about it because the Eagles are just the better team, literally all around. I mean, I will say every position, the Eagles are better. And I know they have Saquon Barkley. I'm not saying Miles Sanders is better. But what I am saying is our running game is better than their running game, which starts with the offensive line. Um, Another thing that I was tired of hearing of was Brian Dable. And I really like him. I'm not trying to say he had a bad season or anything, but guys, we have a great coach. Nick Sirianni is a great coach. He did pretty much the same exact thing Dable did this year. Last year, he took a bad Eagles team and he took them to the playoffs at nine and eight. We have a good coaching staff. Like, let's be confident in our Philadelphia Eagles, okay? We have a dominating offensive line, dominating defensive line, spectacular wide receivers. We have a great secondary. And let's be honest, Jeff, we have a great quarterback. Daniel Jones cannot touch Jalen Hurts, even with a semi-injured shoulder. Oh, you are 100% right. I mean, literally, look at that Giants team and tell me, which one of their starters would start for the Eagles? I mean, maybe a few of their defensive line players. I mean, I don't even think so. Yeah, I mean, we have them beat everywhere. And to your point, we had them beat at coach too. Dayball coached, I thought, a horrific game. Mm-hmm. I mean, starting in early in the game, his decision to go for it on fourth down, um, <laughs> where they could have just either kicked a long field or punted it away, just put the Eagles in beautiful field position to drive right down the field again. And then later in the game, um, his, his decision not to go for it on fourth down was just mind-boggling to me. I thought Sirianni and Steichen came out with an absolutely masterful game plan. I mean, it was perfect. The way we just ran the ball down their throats and uh, Jalen Hurts running with his legs and passing. I mean, the play calling was perfect. They they ran it to perfection. That team was ready. I just love to see it because I really didn't think we were going to get this big of a win uh, this past Saturday. Yeah, and, and the Eagles said, hey, we are back. We are not just the best team in the NFC. We're the best team in the NFL. Like, we got to remember that. Now, 
Does that mean they're going to win the Super Bowl? We'll see. We know football, it's one game. You know, like anything can happen. It's any given Sunday. But I truly believe the Eagles are the most talented team in the league and the most talented team left in the playoffs. Oh, for sure. I mean, the the four teams that are left in the playoffs are the four best teams in the league. They they all deserve to be there. Um, With that said, I, I think we are the most talented. I think the 49ers are second. So this this Sunday is gonna be is gonna be incredible. And just just to go back to the Giants again, I was hearing a lot of buzz this week that this Giants team was showing flashes of that 2007 Giants team that beat the undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl. I don't know what sparked this. Uh, Daniel Jones had a great game against the Vikings, but the Vikings were the worst defense in the NFL for basically the entire season, and they played like it. Um, the week before. So I'm not sure why everyone was hyping up this Giants team. Um, I knew we were better than them. We were more talented than them. But uh, I just thought it would be close because it was a divisional game. But, I mean, the national media was just all over the Giants. It was it was insane. Well, to be fair to you, uh, the Eagles also had the element of maybe being rusty and Hurts and Lane Johnson, probably the two most important players on the team, you know, you didn't know exactly what you were going to get from them, not because of them as a player, but because of the injuries that they had sustained. Uh, I was pretty confident in both of them, which made me a little bit more uh, confident last week. But, I, I mean, those two guys really dominated. So let's, like, get into the game. Uh, I want to start with the defense, and I want to start with the coach, Jonathan Gannon, who's caught a lot of flack in Philadelphia. He certainly caught a lot of flack on this podcast. And I want to say, not just because the Eagles had a great game, uh, and also the Eagles' defense is way more talented than the Giants' offense, but I thought he coached an unbelievable game. Like, that is what I've been waiting to see. Now, again, if the Eagles' defense faltered because the players made mistakes, I wouldn't blame Jonathan Gannon. You know, I feel like there's this narrative that, you know, we'll blame Jonathan Gannon no matter what happens. No, it it doesn't really have to do with the outcome for me. It has more to do with what I'm watching on the field and his decision-making. But this game, I thought he was aggressive. He allowed his cornerbacks to play. He allowed his safeties to play. He allowed his defensive line to get after it. He did not give Daniel Jones an inch. And that's what I think we were all a little worried of happening, that he'd play soft. He did not. But I have one more thing to say in my monologue about Jonathan Gannon. After this game, I've heard a lot of people in the Eagles media say, look, Jonathan Gannon, this is what he's been doing all year. How could you idiots even question Jonathan Gannon? He has been amazing the entire season. And I just want to say, back it up, okay? He had an unbelievable game. He's clearly had a really good year. Uh, He's starting to make a believer out of me, and I was a big critic of his. But let's not pretend He's done this all season, okay? There's been a lot of points in this season where his coaching, again, the team might not have let up a ton of points, but the coaching was not great. You can look back to the Cowboys game, both Cowboys games. I didn't think he played particularly great or coached particularly great. You can look back at the commander's loss. Did they let up a lot of points? No, but I thought his defense, and were they the reason we lost? No, but I thought his defense set a poor tone in that game. The Saints game, Again, not the reason we lost the game, but he didn't set the tone. This game, he set the tone. So I will give him a ton of credit. I think he's turned a lot around, and now my monologue is done. He deserves a ton of credit for that game. I mean, you're right. For a lot of the season, Jonathan Gannon has resorted to playing soft coverage at times when 
We really shouldn't be because our corners are two of the best corners in the entire NFL. We have great safeties. There's no reason why we should be giving these receivers an inch. So the Giants come to town. It's a cold January playoff game, and Slay and Bradbury are meeting them right at the line of scrimmage, not giving them an inch, and they shut those receivers down. Bradbury played one of the best games in quarterback history. I mean, he was actually perfect. If you look at his quarter, quarterback rating that game, it was 0.0. Um, I think he gave up, what, one reception for three yards? Any, any reception he gave up, he immediately tackled the receiver and smacked him. Not just tackled him, he smacked him. And he had a beautiful interception where he just completely read Daniel Jones, just comes up and grabs that ball, which was huge. After that interception, the game was over. I mean, it really was. Um, the defense was was great. I mean, they were going after Daniel Jones because we were worried. He's pretty elusive. He can get out of the pocket with his legs. He didn't run for anything against us. I mean, the defensive line was swarming. I mean, Hassan Reddick in particular, I think he rushed the quarterback seven times. Uh, pressured him seven times. He had a sack. He was just an absolute menace. He was in Daniel Jones' face. He couldn't breathe. And then um, J- Josh Sweat was great, too. I mean, that forced fumble he had was violent. I mean, the Eagles were just smacking the Giants around. They didn't blitz a whole ton. It wasn't like a total Jim Johnson defense, but the, how physical and how tough and how intense they were it reminded me of a Jim Johnson-style Eagles defense. Well, again, going back to the coaching, uh, when we talk about that soft defense, and he did it a lot last year. Now, obviously, uh, a less talented defense last year. But the, the people either in the media or fans that are acting like Gannon has been perfect all season, it's okay. You're allowed to criticize a coach when it's deserved. Just like I think Sirianni and Steichen are great coaches, but there's been times this season where I think they've had really bad games. Like, we don't have to act like they're perfect. They can still be really good coaches, um, and we can still critique them when needed. Uh, that being said, this particular game, when I'm talking about coaching, I thought the defensive line had a couple amazing stunts where you had uh, Hassan Reddick, which I, I want to do another monologue just about him, cutting inside, hitting the center, getting the Daniel Jones. You had the cornerbacks up. You had guys like Reed Blankenship, who's been really good, um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson all over the place, confusing and confounding Daniel Jones. Um, just really, really good schemes, really good defensive play calls. So I'm giving Jonathan Gannon a ton of credit here, and I'm giving him his due. He deserves it. All right, I want to talk about Hassan Reddick right now. You got Bradbury. I totally agree. I want to say something. I, I wonder if you agree. I'm not saying Hassan Reddick is the best defensive player that I've seen on the Eagles, but I'm going to say this. I think he might be having the best season I've seen from an Eagles pass rusher. And I've seen some great ones. I've seen Trent Cole, who is like one of my favorite players of all time. I've seen Connor Barwin have an amazing season. Heck, I know we don't want to remember him, but uh, Jason Babin had an unbelievable 19-sack season. Uh, I think it was under Chip Kelly. So, was it under Chip Kelly? Maybe it was at, I, no. I thought it was Chip. Maybe it was Chip. I thought maybe it's at the end of Andy's uh, run. But either way, we've seen some great, great years from defensive ends. Hassan Reddick is in the backfield every single play. If he is not sacking the quarterback, he's at the very least moving the quarterback, or, and this is what I love about him, he might over-pursue a little bit, but he reaches out and he grabs the quarterback. He hits him with his hand. He gets in his head. Hassan Reddick has been dominant, and he is, in my opinion, on a stacked defense, been 
the most important player on the defense this year and monologue. No, you're totally right. I mean, he was the best signing this year. He's been the best defensive player this year. And he's really, you're right, he's having one of the best uh, defensive seasons by an Eagle ever. Um, I mean, I know Brian Dawkins had some great seasons. Um, Fletcher Cox in his prime was one of the best defensive players in the league. But Hassan Reddick, I mean, he's receiving uh, Defensive Player of the Year consideration. I don't, he's not going to get it. But, I mean, he really, he should be highly, highly considered. I mean, he... He's every single play. He is just getting in the quarterback's face. I mean, it's it's awesome to have a game changing type of player like that on the team. Well, and it's funny if you go back to like one uh, the beginning of our podcast, right? Our first few episodes, we were saying uh, Raddick. He doesn't look that great. He got off to kind of a cold start this year. In fact, we we said that he's kind of an all or nothing or home run type of player. He either gets the sack or he doesn't really get close to the quarterback. And if you look at his career. That's the kind of guy he's been. He's been a high sack guy, but a low hurry guy. Brandon Graham's kind of been the opposite. He doesn't get a ton of sacks compared to other defensive ends, but he gets a ton of hurries. Uh, That's not the case this year. Hassan Raddick, literally every play. So a guy that's from the Philly area, went to Temple. It's unbelievable to see how good he is. And I'm not trying to put the other guys down. Like we know how good Fletcher Cox is. We know Trent Cole, Connor Barwin all had amazing seasons. I just don't remember a guy every single play, and he makes everything in this defense work, in my opinion. Like, he helps out the cornerbacks because he is moving the quarterback every play. So, just got to give a big heads up uh, to him, thumbs up to him. And I think he makes the other guys in the defensive line better. I mean, Josh West got one on ones all day. He's not getting double teamed. Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, they're getting open because of Reddick. Oh, sure. I mean, Reddick had one sack, but the Eagles had five. So uh, a lot of the times it's Reddick just creating opportunities for the other guys. Um, like I said, Josh Sweat just seemed like he was in the mm-hmm. backfield like every single time too. Yeah. Um, I don't think Brandon Graham actually played all that much. 12 um, snaps, yeah, he which is good. He got to rest. <laughs> hey, hey, that's fine. If the other guys are getting it done, then so be it. But that defensive line just controlled the game. And then, well, there's one more thing about the defensive line I want to talk about real quick, which I thought was interesting. Uh, since we've signed Linville Joseph, it seems like he's been like the starting nose tackle, but uh, Jordan Davis actually got, I think, about 10 more snaps than him, or not, nine more snaps than him. I think he had 19, Joseph had 10. And I saw Davis making some plays, so it's good to see the rookie getting in there. And uh, the nose tackle position, I think, is really key to this Gannon defense. So that was good to see. Um, uh, linebackers, I thought they played fine. No complaints. No complaints from anyone on the defense. I mean, they, I, they all played great. They really did. Um, I think even Kayvon Wallace had a play. <laughs> Kayvon Wallace has been actually playing pretty well. Him, Reed Bl- I just, I love Reed Blankenship. I love those undrafted guys that just, you know, work their way into the starting lineup. But uh, I, uh, Rube had a stat. He's the first undrafted rookie in Eagles history to start on defense in, in a playoff game, which is pretty cool. I mean, you know, that's there's not going to be too many undrafted rookies starting uh, in the playoffs, but he deserves it. He's playing really well. Oh, absolutely. Defense was stellar. It was, stellar. It's great to have Gardner Johnson back. I mean, he makes a difference. Mm, huge difference. Yeah, I hope he gets his car back, but he, <laughs> he's, uh, yeah. he's awesome. He's Let's not awesome talk dude. about that. No. It was probably a Giants fan, honestly. Come on. Come on, Philly. Yeah, sure. Uh, all right, now let's move offensively. Yeah. What a beatdown. I mean, we just said that the defensive line completely controlled the game. The offensive line completely controlled their part of the game. I mean, 
what I mean, these holes that these guys are creating, they're like craters. I mean, they just beat the shit out of that Giants defensive line. The Giants defensive line, they wanted to go back to New Jersey. They were done. They gave up. I mean, Jason Kelsey is throwing 300-pound dudes with one arm. I mean, we ran crazy on them. It was, what, 260-something yards? I mean, that's unbelievable. This is the playoffs. I mean, the offensive line was just absolutely incredible. Incredible. And it all started on the very first drive of the game when we set the tone. Come out running the ball great. Jalen Hurts makes that great pass deep to Devontae Smith. Then we get into the end zone and it's third down and uh, Dallas Goddard has the one-handed <laughs> touchdown catch, which was... I mean, the ball was a little, little out there. It was a great play on his part. And an unsung guy in that part of that touchdown was our boy Zach Pascal, yeah. who we've been talking about. We talked about him a lot last podcast. We said he should have started over Quez. Well, I guess they listened to the podcast because he got more snaps than Quez last game. Yeah. And he set the perfect, perfect pick to free up Dallas Goddard for that first Eagles touchdown. And it was it was lights out from there. Yeah, I, I think you got it exactly right. And it's funny, we got the ball to start the game, which we usually don't. Uh, but it was a good thing. Hertz was seven for seven on that first drive. We actually passed most of uh, most of the downs on the first drive. After that, the rest of the game was just running it down their throats. But I, I think I'm going to say this: that might be the best game I've ever seen the offensive line as a whole play. I mean, they were perfect. They absolutely destroyed this Giants defensive line, which I've heard a lot about because they got Dexter Lawrence, who's supposedly really great. PFF loves him. They love uh, Leonard Williams and. Uh, you know, Kayvon Wallace, who, by the way, is a total jerk. I don't know if you guys saw what he did to Nick Foles a couple weeks ago when he knocked him out and was making some uh, gestures on the sidelines. But that guy's a, you know, cocky jerk. We destroyed them. I mean, Jason Kelsey had some of the best blocks I've ever seen. You know, Jason Kelsey was probably 290, literally pancaking nose tackles, who are 50 pounds heavier than him and probably 10 years younger than him. Lane Johnson, okay? A warrior, an animal, fighting through injury. Let up zero pressures, zero sacks. Dude's a beast. Landon Dickerson, beast. Isaac Sayamalu, doesn't get talked about enough. Just does his job. Uh, Jordan Mailata, unbelievable. We killed them. And like you just said, there's a reason why we were saying Zach Pascal should play more than Quez Watkins. And we don't need necessarily, all the time, another quote-unquote weapon on this offense. You just said it. We got Goddard. We got A.J. Brown. We got Devontae Smith. We got a bunch of running backs. Sometimes you need a guy that's just going to do the little things right, and that's Zach Paschal, who, by the way, he caught a nice four-yard pass. We could do that every time on first down. I mean, he's open every time. He catches the ball. I'll take that. We just have better weapons. I mean, we just have so many weapons. You're not going to pass it to Paschal a lot, no, but I mean- he made great blocks, too. He did. I mean, we have two of the top 10, 12 receivers in the NFL with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. And I know A.J. Brown didn't have the biggest game statistically, but the dude was playing his ass off. I mean, these receivers, you can tell how much they care because of the effort they're putting into their blocking. I look back to a bubble screen that actually worked to Devontae Smith for the second touchdown of the game. The bubble screen. It, it, it finally worked, and A.J. Brown drove his dude into the back of the end zone. I mean, these guys want to win a championship. They're not about uh, the individual accolades. They want to go out and freaking win. <clears throat> Same thing with Dallas Goddard. 
early in his career, there was a lot of questions about, okay, well, he's a really good pass catcher, but can he really block? The dude was out there leading, blocking down the field, just trucking people left and right. I mean, he he wants to hit people. He was, he was mauling, mauling, decleaning people. He is dying to hit people. I mean, I love Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is one of my favorite players in Eagles history, but he wasn't really a guy that wanted to go out there and be physical. Dallas Goddard, even when he catches the ball, he wants to take some defenders out with him. I mean, the dude is just awesome. Philly loves him. This team is just so, so ready to go. And then you look at the running backs. They all, all of them did well. Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, the giant killer, got a, had a touchdown. And then Kenny Gainwell had the game of his life, over 100 yards. I mean, the Eagles were just flying Saturday. Yeah, uh, you got it totally right with Goddard. I mean, a guy that nationally, for whatever reason, doesn't get the recognition he deserves. Uh, again, it's a shame he had that injury this year because he, he would have, I think, been pro bowler pretty easily. The dude carries people on his back uh, and runs people over. I mean, I love Dallas Goddard. That touchdown was beautiful. Um, again, I'm going to go out and say a guy that I question a little bit. I mean, I always thought he was really good. Devontae Smith is elite. I'm just going to put it out there. Elite. Uh, he's just amazing. I mean, when you saw that uh, third down reception where it looked like he was going to fall down five yards short of the first down mark and somehow, somehow finds his way across. Um, then the bubble screen for a touchdown. That was unbelievable. I will say he had one bad play. That's my one critique of the, of the game. It was in the third quarter, our first drive. Uh, we went three and out because he dropped a beautiful pass by... Uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. That's the only bad play I think he's had in like a month and a half. <laughs> and it was like kind of a tough catch. So that's the only thing I can comp- complain about for him. The only thing I can complain about for A.J. Brown is not his fault, is that Jalen Hurts missed him on a wide open touchdown. That one that one was the only bad pass Hurts had all game. And I was like, oh, I really wanted that for A.J. Brown. Uh, but he overthrew him uh, in the second half. So that's all I can complain about for that. Do you want to talk about the quarterback now? Yeah, but just one more thing on Devontae Smith. Um, I mean, the dude's only in his second year in the NFL, (laughs) and he looks like a veteran wide receiver out there. I mean, he's just calm, collected, composed, and um, he's a really good blocker, too. Really good. The dude's six foot, six foot one, probably 170 pounds, but you really don't have to be all that big of a guy to go in there and block in the NFL. I mean, as long as you get in the way of. Uh, of, a, of a defender just a little bit and makes the biggest difference in the world and the dude was blocking his ass off he cares about winning a Super Bowl and I just love having him on this team yeah it's the it's that mentality him and Hertz I think have very very similar personalities and, and mentalities and you know listen they're both Nick Saban Alabama kind of guys and you know you gotta love that also again just to, just to reiterate huge shout out to Kenny Gainwell I actually thought he played better than Miles Sanders I know the stats were better but he looked like unstoppable. Now, I know he really got most of his snaps in the second half of the game when the Giants were kind of out of it, but I mean, that gets you excited about the future, because he... We love Miles Sanders on this pod, but he's not under contract next year. I'm not a fan of giving running backs money. Kenny Gamewell's on his rookie contract. And, um, again, Boston Scott, I don't know if you heard, Jeff, but uh, Wink Martindale, the Giants defensive coordinator, before the game got asked about the giant killer. Boston Scott and Wink Martindale said, uh, he's not a giant killer. I've only been here for one year. He hasn't done that to my defense. Well, uh, guess what? He scored yet another touchdown in the playoffs. And let me ask you, Jeff, you think Nick Sirianni on purpose put him in there in the red zone to get that touchdown for him? Oh, sure. Shut shut the Giants up. Shut him up. 
and Boston Scott did that. He's got, I think, 18 touchdowns in his career. 11 of them are against the Giants. I mean, that is a killer. If I, if I ever seen one, that is a killer. Sirianni was trolling the Giants. He, he could have put in me, and I, I would have got a touchdown there with with our offensive I mean, line. Those... He put Scott in there to shut up Wink Martindale, and I love it. It was beautiful. It's, it's really the little things. I mean, this this team, just the, when you get down to the to playoff games, NFC Championship game coming up this week, it's the... The smallest things guys do that make just the biggest difference. And this team cares about doing the little stuff and getting the win. So you want to talk about Hertz? Yeah, yeah. You want to start us start us off? Sure. I mean, like I said before, I thought he was going to come in a little bit rusty. Um, I thought his shoulder was going to be mostly okay, but you know, I wasn't sure if it was going to be as good as it seemed on Saturday. I and mean, he looked great. I mean, he he made all of his throws except for the one you said um, you missed AJ Brown. But he was running well, using his legs well. He was making quick reads um, because the Giants blitz a lot, and he he had a hot read. Um, He was throwing deep. I mean, he led the team. I mean, statistically, it was more of a quiet performance, but that's because we ran the ball for almost 300 yards. Um, Jalen Hurts, cool, calm, composed. I mean, the dude's a a winner. He's a winner, and he's going to be crucial in this game coming up against the 49ers because he's worlds better than Brock Purdy. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't have much more to say than that. He proved to the world, you know, he's back. He, he's he's back, he's healthy. He, uh, again, I don't know how you quantify how good he is because I see, um, what's the term, casual fans? I guess they look at, like, the passing stats and, you know, they don't really watch the game. And I guess, I, I don't know, but they're just casuals, I guess. Uh, you can't quantify what this guy means and I'm talking about like Chris, the Chris Sims of the world. Did you hear what Chris Sims said the, yesterday? Um, not yesterday. He said that uh, he would take Daniel Jones's passing over Jalen Hurts. Oh, okay. And that Daniel Jones's running ability is almost uh, almost the same as Hurts. Wow, he's he's really doubling down. Yeah, I mean he's he's Earlier a clown. awful take. Yeah, it's just stupid. And uh, the Eagles didn't need him to throw forty uh, uh, forty yards, but or, or, I'm sorry, forty times. I think he only threw. Tw- like around 20 I mean, times. But he completed most of his passes. He, he did everything he wanted for him. That's why you got to watch the game. And if you understand football, you realize it's not really even about the stats. He And you saw it with Gardner Minshew. Even though this is a really talented team, and they are, and I think they're the most talented team in the league, he's what makes the whole thing work because of his decision-making, his intelligence, his grit, his leadership, and his he's just a threat to do everything. Like, defenses don't know what's coming. And that's not just because he's fast. There's a lot of fast quarterbacks in the league. Daniel Jones is a fast quarterback. It's because he's so smart that defenses are scared. And because he almost always makes the right decision. That's what makes it work. In fact, Daniel Jones is faster than Jalen Hurts. Lamar Jackson's faster than Jalen Hurts. There's a lot of quarterbacks faster than Jalen Hurts. He's, he's pretty fast. But you can see he hasn't been getting, uh, you know, like 10 yards per carry or anything like that. He didn't have a ton of rushing yards in this game. But his the threat of it, because he's so smart, and the timeliness of it, and the fact that he can pick up first downs, doesn't have to be a 30-yard run. Uh, that's what makes him so good. He's so smart. Oh, you're totally right. I mean, you don't have to be the fastest guy to be the best runner in the NFL. I mean, Jalen Hurts just... He makes the right decision every single time with the RPO, I meaning he runs it better than anyone in the NFL. Um, and then just the threat of him, um, because he finds the right hole when he has the ball. Um, and he's so strong, he can get those extra yards. I mean, the defense, if Jalen Hurts wasn't out there, I mean, the defensive 
the defense is just going to completely play the running backs. They're they're not scared of Gardner Minshew taking off. I mean, what's he going to get you like two yards if he if he holds onto the football? Um, so <laughs> Jalen Hurts just him. Just him being out there, just his presence alone scares the defense, and it, and it makes them think. It yeah, makes them work. I just I can't accept Chris Sims or anybody else saying Daniel Jones or who you know Sam Brad the Sam Bradfords of the world uh, going back to another Eagles quarterback would be as successful. It's just not true, and you can't take away the intangibles. I know people want to, but you cannot do that, right? You just can't look at all the best quarterbacks. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, were they the most physically talented quarterbacks in the world? No. Uh, I mean, you could make an argument, you know, the Jameis Winstons and Marcus Mariotas, and those guys drafted 1-2. Sam Darnold, those guys drafted super high, incredibly talented. They flamed out. Uh, You know, they they just don't have what it takes. I'm sorry. I'm not saying they're not good competitors, but guys like Hurts, Mahomes, Barrow, they just take it to a level nobody else can. That's why they're that good. No, I mean, the locker room in football totally matters. I mean, leadership. Um, I mean, you look back to Nick Foles. The yeah. team loved Nick Foles. He was a great guy, a great leader, and the team rallied around him. It's the same thing with Jalen Hurts this year. I mean, you can tell the players love him, and they rally around him. Then you look at a guy like Carson Wentz, who no one really liked. And you could tell. I mean, the players didn't respond well to him. I mean, guys were maybe giving up during the game, giving up on routes. Like, they don't want to go out and play for someone like Wentz, who's just, um, I don't know him personally, but, you know. The- but you're right, but it's on the field too, right? Like, Wentz, incredibly physically talented. But you're on the field when he's making stupid throws because he wants to be the hero and throwing interceptions. I mean, that just kills everything. And the ability to stay calm and focused. I mean, I don't know an athlete that's more focused than Hurts. I mean, he almost has no expression on his face the entire game. I think he cracked a smirk uh, during the Giants game when we went up 14-0, and that was like the most excited you've ever seen him on the field. That ability to stay calm and focused and loose, I mean, I don't care if you're the most physically talented quarterback in the history of the world. If you get anxious and nervous, everybody else is going to pick up on that. Everybody's going to pick up on it, and the whole team's going to falter because of it. So thank you, Jalen Hurts. Um, and it's funny. I feel like Nick Sirianni and Hurts are like peanut butter and jelly. They just go perfectly. They're very different, but they go perfectly together. You saw Sirianni on the sideline going nuts, you know, giving uh, guys chest bumps, you know, shaking his head at the camera and loving it. But I, he's, he's got to tell the ref he knows what the F he's doing. Yeah, like... But I think it just goes perfectly together. Like the guys need somebody to juice them up, and then Hurts keeps them calm. It just it works perfectly. And I'm tired of hearing all the people that hate Sirianni. Like they just hate Philadelphia. Whoever the coaches, they would hate on him. Um, the fact of the matter is, the old school way of coaching it, it just doesn't work with the with the younger players anymore. They're not they're millionaire millionaire men. They're not college boys. They're not gonna be treated like that. Um, they want to have fun. They want it to be like when they were kids. And I think that's what Sirianni does. He makes this fun. This isn't a job. Like, these guys enjoy playing for the Eagles. If you listen to some of the other uh, coaches, I read Darius Slay talking about his old team, where Matt Patricia was the coach, a Bill Belichick disciple. And he said he hated Matt Patricia. Uh, look at the Joe Judges of the world. Like, those kind of guys that suck the fun out of it. These guys, guess what? They don't have to play football. Once they sign a contract, they're set for life. 
you got to make it fun for him. And that's what Sirianni does. That's what Sirianni's been doing all year. And it was the same thing with Doug Peterson. I mean, you, exactly. ask, you ask anyone that, you know, Chris Long, for example, played on the Patriots, won a Super Bowl with them. But he loves the Eagles. There was no team he loved more, no coach loved more than playing for Doug Peterson. Because the guy... He's a normal guy. He's not a disciplinarian like Bill Belichick. I mean, Doug Peterson went out there. They had fun. They ate ice cream. They yes, won the Super ice cream. Bowl. I mean, it was a cool thing. I mean, anyone in the Philadelphia media who hates Nick Sirianni is just an imbecile. I mean, this is his second year coaching in the NFL. He made the playoffs last year as a rookie head coach when I don't know if any other rookie head coach made the playoffs last year. And now he's got them in the NFC Championship game. And John, I'm going to go on a mini diatribe here. Let's go. Mini diatribe about... The excellence of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, that's what I want to hear. This is our seventh, seventh NFC Championship game since the year 2000, Joe. I mean, I still remember that game against the Rams. That's like the first Eagles game I remember back in like 2001. I mean, we have been great for a long time. That's the second most championship games out of any team in the NFL during that span. Okay, this is a world-class organization. I know Philly and the Eagles, for some reason, get a lot of hate nationally, but we are an elite organization. I mean, we didn't have to go through the suffering maybe our dads did in the 70s, 80s, and 90s where the uh, Giants and Washington and Dallas were all winning Super Bowls and the Eagles weren't even making the playoffs. I mean, the truth of the matter is, since we've been alive, we've been spoiled rotten. And Jeffrey, it starts with Jeffrey Lurie, yes, sir. the Philadelphia Eagles owner. Ever since he came to ownership, the Eagles have been incredible. The best organization in the NFC. I mean, the other, the only other team that you would say would be the Patriots. Um, and that has a lot to do with Tom Brady's luck of the draw with that quarterback. <laughs> but the, the Eagles, I mean, Jeffrey Lurie and hiring Howie Roseman, the coaches we've had over the years with Andy Reid and Doug Peterson, now Nick Sirianni, and having this stability. I mean, I'm just so happy that... I've got to grow up with just such an amazing football team. Then you look at the other side. You look at the Dallas Cowboys. When was the last time they made an NFC Championship game? Oh, it was January 96, before I was freaking born. Before Jalen Hurts was born, too. Before Jalen Hurts was born. Jalen Hurts grew up, graduated high school, played football in college, went to the NFL, and now is in an NFC Championship game before Dallas. I mean, what a loser organization. I mean, you look at... Tony Romo and Dak Prescott, who have been the two main quarterbacks for the Dallas Cowboys since we've been alive, I think they've combined for three, maybe four playoff wins. Four. Four. Four playoff wins. Guess guess who else has four playoff wins? Nick Foles. <laughs> I mean, I'm tired of hearing America's team. I mean, I love rooting against them. It made me so happy watching them just crumble on Sunday. I mean, it would have been fun playing them this week, but that is a loser organization. Jerry Jones is a loser. He's not a great guy. Jeffrey Lurie is a winner. Awesome guy. Eagles are the best organization in the NFC. Yeah, and the interesting thing about the Cowboys, which makes it so amazing, is they actually have had very talented teams. It's not like they've been the Browns and have been terrible. It's That's the funny part about it. They've been very talented. Uh, and listen, you can say what you want about Dak and Tony Romo, but really good quarterbacks. And yet, they still can't win. And you're exactly right. Starts with the owner, um, Jeff Lurie. When you look at the success, listen, you have the Chip Kelly in there. Even Ray Rhodes was pretty good. And even Chip Kelly, for, for a coach that got fired quickly, I mean, was pretty good for a couple of years. Seasons. And, and Ray Rhodes also... Uh, went to the playoffs, was coach of the year, I think, his first year. So even his bad coaches are good. But it was something he said when he hired Doug Peterson. He talked about emotional intelligence. And everybody laughed. 
But that has been the key. I mean, look at Andy Reid. Look at Doug Peterson. Look at Nick Sirianni. They all have a lot in common. But number one, they weren't the hot head coaching name during the the coaching cycle, right? They're kind of unknowns. None of them called plays. Heck, Andy Reid has never been an offensive coordinator. And they have uh, a couple things in common. They're incredibly prepared. They uh, are also like those player coaches that have that emotional intelligence that players love to play for. Um, Some other things I want to point out about the Eagles' influence in the NFL. Take a look at all the playoff teams. Look at all the coaches around the playoffs that came through Philadelphia. John Harbaugh, obviously Doug Peterson, Andy Reid, Nick Sirianni. You look at the Giants, their offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka, former third-round pick of the uh, uh, third-string quarterback of the Eagles. Um, Sean McDermott, I mean, literally all over, and it's probably probably not going to stop. You're probably going to have Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen take over as head coaches this year or sometime in the future. The Eagles, this organization, really influences the rest of the NFL, and it's the successful model. It is. It is. I, I love my birds. I love, I love the birds! Let's get into this coming week against the San Francisco 49ers. So okay. we, we both watched that game against uh, Dallas Sunday. And mm-hmm. um, listen, 49ers, best defense in the NFL this year. They're, they're really good. They, they were very impressive against the Cowboys this week. But with that said, I mean, they're not the 85 Bears. They're, they're not um, the 2000 Ravens or like the 2002 Bucks or um, those early 2010 Seattle Seahawks defenses. I mean, they're really good. But I don't think they're like this special, like once in a generation type defense. I, I think they have their flaws. Their defensive line's great. Uh, Nick Bosa is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Um, Fred Warner, another great player. I mean, that dude was running stride for stride with one of the best receivers in the NFL Sunday. Just, just an absolute freak of nature. Um, so their defense can be really good. They're they're going to give us problems. Um, but then I look offensively, and I think this is what it comes down to, because both teams are super talented. They're, they're, they're the two most talented teams in the NFL, in my opinion. And it's really close. But then you look at the quarterback, and they're going to be starting Brock Purdy, the last man drafted in the NFL. And he's been he's been good. The 49ers have won 12 straight. I think he's responsible for seven or eight of those wins. And he's been pretty competent. He, but... At the same time, he plays like a rookie quarterback. I know he didn't; he hasn't had any interceptions thus far, but when you watch him play, he's giving the defense opportunities to, to make plays. He, he's putting the ball in their hands. Um, and the Eagles, I mean, this team, they take advantage of, of that. The, these corners, these safeties, they're going to be catching those balls. I mean, he gives you like three or four just or five boneheaded throws a game where you're like, what are you doing? And that's just him being a young rookie. I expect the Eagles to take advantage of that. Yeah, um, I, I watch. I'll be honest. I haven't watched a ton of Brock Purdy before the playoffs, and um, I did watch his last two games against the Seahawks and then uh, against the Cowboys. And I, I will say this: as far as the the situation goes, of him being not only a rookie and not only a seventh round rookie, but the last pick in the draft. Incredibly impressive. I mean, I don't want to go out here and say what he's doing is not impressive because we've seen a lot of really great teams go to a backup quarterback. Heck, look, the Eagles went to Gardner Minshew and couldn't win a game, and he's a guy that's won a lot of games as a starter in this league uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I don't want to say what he's doing is not impressive. I think he's playing way better than 
uh, a seventh-round rookie. He's playing good for a rookie, period. However, if I'm just looking at him as a quarterback, I think you analyzed him perfectly. Competent has been a really good word, um, and I would say he's been competent. I would say you're exactly right. If you watch both of the games, he put the ball in danger many times. Then he settled in a little bit, but you know the, the 49ers as a team kind of settled, it, settled in in both of the games as the game went on. Um, he had some terrible passes. Uh, if you put pressure on him, I think he will fold. He likes to really just kind of drift back into the left in the pocket. Uh, so I think the key to the game as far as stopping Brock Purdy is the guy we praised, Hassan Reddick. Uh, I, I just, he has not gone gone up against a guy like Hassan Reddick. And I think Reddick is going to ruin his day. And I think Hassan Reddick is going to ruin um, their season. And yeah, there's been a lot of talk about the 49ers defense. What about the Eagles defense, okay? If the Eagles defense plays like they did last week, uh, we're winning the game. And this, Jeff, come on, this reminds you of another game, right? 2017, I guess really 2018, NFC Championship game, Minnesota Vikings. All we heard all week, they had the number one defense. They have, you know, a great offense with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Oh, yeah, they had a backup quarterback, too, who was playing competently in Case Keenum. And I remember thinking, there is no way Case Keenum is coming in to the link and beating the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. And I'll be honest with you, Jeff, I think this 49ers team is better than that Vikings team. But there is no way that Brock Purdy is coming into the link and beating the Eagles. No, I, I agree, man. I agree. I mean, Purdy's competent. He's been pretty good, but he's not going to win you games. You got to get pressure on him. He's like 22 years old. I mean, Hassan Reddick is going to be in his face. I know it. That Eagles defensive line is just, I mean, they're like the hottest in the league right now. They, they're playing out of their minds. They're going to be in his face, and he's going to make poor decisions. Um, you're right. The Eagles are home. Uh, I think we're the better team. Extra day of rest. They played on Sunday. We played on Saturday. Sure. Extra day of rest. Extra day to game plan. Um, they got to spend a day traveling because they're, I mean, they're San Francisco. They got to go cross country. Yeah, I'm, I mean, these things are lining up real nicely for us. Um, now, I, I will say this. Um, you know, I went on my little rant there. I mean, the 49ers are really good to any given Sunday. I mean, this could be a much tougher game. I was very confident going into the Giants game. This is going to be a dogfight, I think. Uh, they're a really good team. When you look at their offense, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, I mean, they're loaded up. On defense, I think you were absolutely right. They have a couple great elite defenders and a great coordinator in D'Amico Ryans. Again, another former Eagle, so more Eagles influence. Um, So this is going to be a much tougher game, but we really have all the advantages. We have the better quarterback. We are at home. We're way more rested. I mean, we had the bye. They didn't. We're coming off a much easier win. Uh, They had a a little bit of a dogfight with the Cowboys. So... We have the advantages. I think it's going to be a much tougher game. And there's no shame. In my opinion, I said it last week, I would be ashamed if we lost to that Giants team. That's how I felt. There'd be no shame losing to this team, but I still think we're the better team, and I think we should win. No, I mean, the the teams that are left, we said it, four best teams in the league. 49ers, they might be two. They're really that good. But, I mean... 
you just look at the talent. I mean, if you want to say 49ers are more talented, whatever, I think it's the Eagles. But it's it's very close. Bottom line, it's very close. So then, I mean, but the huge advantage the Eagles have is we have Jalen Hurts at quarterback. They have Brock Purdy. I mean, I think that's going to be the difference in the game. I'm, I have my hopes up. I think the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl, Joe. I, I think they're coming away with a win this Sunday. And as much as I love Nick Boza, I, I think our offensive line overall is a lot better than their defensive line. I mean, other than Boza, their defensive line's not particularly good. I, I, no, none of them have uh, over, uh, what was the stat? I think like five or six sacks outside of Boza. Look at our defensive line. Every single guy. Fletcher Cox is like fifth on the list. He's got seven sacks. So that's going to be the difference. Like, let's let's be honest here. Anything can happen. Turnovers, injuries can happen. But when it comes down to it, we have the better quarterback. I think we have the better offensive line, although they have a good one. And I think we have the better defensive line, although they have a good one. Well, those are typically the three indicators, and we're at home. Those are typically the three indicators of who the better team is. Uh, oh yeah, we got AJ Brown, Devonte Smith. Yeah, our, our I mean, we got we match them, you know, tit for tat. Yeah, it, it's going to be a dogfight. It's it's going to be an awesome game. I'm going to give a little score prediction. I think the Eagles come away with this one, 26 to 20, 26 20 birds. Okay, um, I'm I'll give my score prediction. I'm going to say 27 21. 27-21. Yeah, I just took right. your one upping me. Yeah, I just took your score and put one point each. Um, I'll take either, man. But I think it could be that. Could be a little closer. By the way, I don't think we talked about this. Just going back to the San Francisco Cowboys game. How absolutely ridiculous was that last play of the game for the Cowboys? Did you see that? With, yeah, uh, Zeke Elliott is the what? I guess the center of the future for Dallas. I mean, not only does Dallas lose every year, but they lose in like the funniest fashion possible. This isn't even like the funniest way they've lost in the last five years. But what uh, what were they thinking? They had Zeke as the center, who got put on his butt immediately, and then Dak threw a ten yard pass in the middle of the field where the guy got uh, Turban got tackled immediately. Immediately to end the game. I mean, what the heck is Mike McCarthy smoking? No, Mike McCarthy is a lousy head coach. I know he has a Super Bowl. No, he's, he's he, he, he was carried by Rodgers that season. I mean, the, he was terrible. And then his clock management. He just let the clock wind down. He didn't call any timeouts. Um, that loser organization. Um, McCarthy stinks. Dak stinks. I mean, Dak threw the ball away twice in that game. I don't think I saw the kicker uh, throwing his helmet to the ground. Um, and getting all fired up about that. I mean, Dak, Dak, I mean, Dak stinks. I mean, Meyer did miss an extra. He point, missed though. another one, and it was and no got blocked. It, it was, it was missing. Ball. Oh yeah, that that was that was missing at least ten feet left. So uh, if I'm looking, because their season's over, the future the future of the Cowboys, I don't think is particularly good. I mean, you're stuck with Dak, who is I thought at one point was a really good quarterback. He has majorly regressed. I mean, he's not reliable at all. Their running game is, like, kind of cooked as far as their running backs go. Well, they're go. stuck with Zeke, too, right? Didn't they sign him to a pretty big contract? I think they can maybe cut him, but, I mean, it's going to impact their, their uh, uh, salary cap. They're obviously not getting a great draft pick. They're stuck with McCarthy. I would not be shocked if Dan Quinn gets a head coaching job. And I think Mike McCarthy's really held up by two coordinators that I think are really good. They could potentially both leave in the offseason. So I think the Cowboys are in a bad situation. Yeah, you got Micah Parsons. He didn't really come up big uh, in the playoffs. And I will say this. I think C.D. Lamb's great. But outside of those two guys, 
Yeah, I think Tony, were, Tony Pollard's a really good player. Yeah, he broke his. I mean, he's a running back who broke his leg. I, I'm not afraid of running backs. He's really good, but I mean that breaking your leg as a running back has to worry you. And as far as the Giants go, I do want to talk about this because we've got plenty of time left in the pod. Um, their future. And what do you actually think of... Like, I think they're, they're in a very similar situation the Eagles were in last year, but they don't have Howie Roseman. Um, and they don't have Jalen Hurts. I don't think Daniel Jones... Let's just say this. I'm going to compare him to another guy. Not necessarily stylistically, but he just reminds me of a Kirk Cousins... Sam Bradford kind of guy, competent, can play well in the right system, but he's just not great and not. I just don't think he's ever going to win anything. No, I mean, I don't think Daniel Jones is in that top half of quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he's very average. He he yeah. can show flashes of brilliance, but um, it's very rare. But if I'm the Giants, um, they're in I a mean, tough position. They they have so many holes. I mean, I I wouldn't be drafting a quarterback this year. Uh, they, they need receivers. They still need to build up that offensive line. Their defense is lousy. I mean, we just gashed them for almost 300 yards on the ground. So, I mean, that team has so many holes. I, I know they made the playoffs. I know Dable coached a horrible game, but he's probably still a pretty good head coach. Yeah. Um, that they just need to fill in these other pieces. And then maybe the year after, go after a quarterback. If they're not sold on Jones. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a team who I don't really think they're going to take a huge jump next year and not, that I'm not really afraid of. I mean, I really think the Eagles are in a great position to um, just kind of take over the NFC East, at least at the very least, um, have a repeat division champ for the first time in forever. Yeah, I mean, it's – and we'll, we'll – when the season's over, we'll have a whole podcast breaking down the offseason. But, yeah, I just look at the Giants, and they have a lot of cap space. Uh, but I think they kind of screwed themselves by having a good season because, I mean, I – Disagree with you a little bit. I think that they need a quarterback. I just don't think it's Daniel Jones. And I think they're going to end up probably paying him a good amount of money. And listen, I think he'll have seasons like he did this year. They'll be 9-7 and seven and, uh, you know, make the playoffs and maybe win a game and lose. And that's just great for the Eagles. But we'll see. I mean, they, they might make a couple moves. There's a lot of quarterbacks in this draft. They might trade up. But again, if they trade up... They have a lot of other holes, so they're. I don't think they're in a great position. Jalen Hurts is the reason why this thing worked this season. If we needed to go out and get a quarterback, we'd be screwed. We wouldn't have A.J. Brown. We wouldn't have Hassan Reddick. And who knows if that quarterback would even be good. It's always a gamble. Uh, whether you're getting a veteran quarterback or a rookie quarterback, it's always a gamble. You have no idea. So thank goodness for... Uh, for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, thank goodness um, for Howie Roseman and not Howie. listening to WIP um, all year and uh, not going out to get Russell Wilson or, or someone like that who's just at the end of his career, washed up, and yet to pay him hundreds of millions of dollars to uh, stink it up. So, Would you re-sign Saquon Barkley? Um, no, I wouldn't. I don't think... I think injuries has kind of derailed his career. I think he's a very good running back. I thought like his rookie year, his first, his second year, that he was going to be like one of the best running backs in the league. We just really haven't seen that, and a lot of it's due to injury. Um, but I'm, you know, not a running back guy. Go, spend your money on other positions; they're more important. They drafted him with the number two overall pick. How and the Cowboys drafted Zeke Elliott with the fourth overall pick. Again, guys, the Eagles are the best organization in the NFC East. I mean. Uh, both great running backs, idiotic picks. Just, it, But I hope the Giants sign Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. That would be the best thing for the Eagles. I mean, Barkley 
did absolutely nothing against the Eagles this year because guess what? The running game in the NFL is 90% the offensive line and scheme. Like, Saquon Barkley, really good running back. We killed him because they don't have a great offensive line. So, yeah, I mean, there's really only a few uh, game-changing running backs in the league. And, and one, of, one of them, I think, is on the uh, the other side of the field for uh, this Sunday. Christian McCaffrey, he, yeah. he's pretty good. I think he scored in every single game the Niners yeah. have played in. Um, he's, he's a difference maker, but a lot of that is because he's a pass catcher. He's so a receiver. When, when you have those running backs who are dual threats, it makes the biggest difference in the world. Yeah, he, he's... You can call him a running back. He's just an offensive weapon. They, they throw um, Debo Samuel in the backfield. Yeah. Like Shanahan's, he's he's got some. Debo didn't really have a good game against the Cowboys. I thought, you know, I hope Gannon watched what the Cowboys did. I mean, 49ers offense didn't look very special in that nope. game. They held him 19 points. Um, Debo's been really up and down this year. McCaffrey, I mean, I really like, but again, I, I'll stick with my, uh, my theme here. I just. I don't know an elite running back in the last 20 years that has even been to a Super Bowl. I mean, maybe an elite Adrian Peterson? No. Uh, Derrick Henry? No. Saquon Barkley? No. Ezekiel Elliott? No. I haven't even been to the Super Bowl. So uh, spend your money, spend your draft picks elsewhere. Draft a Kenny Gainwell or even Sanders in the second round. You know, like, don't waste a first-round pick or money on a running back. I mean, look at the guys that did it for the Eagles the year we won the Super Bowl. It was Jay Ajayi, LeGarrette Blunt. Corey Clement. Yeah. I mean, these, these weren't big names by any means, but um, they got the job done because that offensive line was just so ridiculous. And old, I mean, old LeGarrette Blunt. Not a LeGarrette. I mean, he played like he was in his prime, but nobody was like, wow, the Eagles signed LeGarrette Blunt. You know, and JJ uh, was like a fourth round pick, and we traded a fourth round pick for him. Like, that was a great move. I'm not saying running backs are completely worthless. I'm just saying they're not worth big money. They're not worth high draft picks. They're just they're just not. I'm no, sorry. It, it makes and, more sense to have like yeah. a platoon style uh, exactly. running back system. And that's where what we got. You have shoot. guys who uh, can do different things yep. um, and throw the defense off. And that's what we had in 2017, 2018. And that's what we have this year. All right. Um, MVP, LVP of the game. We didn't do that. Oh, right. So swoop superlatives. Um, we'll start off with MVP of the game. Um, I'll go first this time. Why not? I'm going to give it to my boy Hassan Reddick. Uh, Temple alum, Temple Al, Philadelphia Eagle. I mean, I honestly think he was the best player uh, on the field that game. He just, he was unbelievable. That's a great pick. He can't go wrong there. I'm going to go with the entire Eagles offensive line. I mean, that was just men against boys out there. They looked like they were playing in a high school team, the way they were just throwing those grown men around like they were rag dolls. That was, I mean, it was borderline disrespectful. <laughs> it was it was a masterpiece. It really was. It, it was beautiful. It, it was, really was. And then, like I said earlier, too, the receivers and Goddard blocking, everyone was doing their part. This team cares. This team wants to win. Offensive line, MVP of the game for me. All right, LVP. LVP of the game. You can go first on this one. Oh, LVP. I mean, how are you going to have an LVP when you win 38-7 to in one of the most dominant playoff <laughs> wins I've seen? Um, LVP. I'm going to say the LVP is the ref who was talking in Sirianni's ear, who made yeah. him respond and said he knows what the F he's doing. Because obviously... He knows what the F he's doing, Joe. Yeah. Second year in the league is in the NFC Championship game. I think they're going in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, so he can he can screw off. Uh, I'll give my LVP to the pretty much the entire national media 
who fabricated uh, this storyline that the Giants were maybe going to win. Um, yeah, screw those guys. They just want clicks and ratings, I guess, or they just literally don't know football because anybody that like legitimately thought the Giants were going to win, uh, they're, they're losers. Even if you said something like the Eagles only had a 75% chance of winning and you know 25% chance of losing, um, that's a losing mentality, man. When you have the better, bet everything better, and you go into the mentality that we might lose, you know that just that that shows you a lot about a person. So uh, the Eagles were going to win that game hundred percent of the time, and they did, and it wasn't close. I'm not sure if we want to get into this particular conversation because we oh. just got to worry about who we're playing this week. But it would be pretty fun if uh, we met up with the Chiefs in the Super Bowl for a little. Andy Reid reunion with uh, the Kelsey brothers going at it. I don't know. I think that would make for a pretty good storyline, but we've we got to focus on the Niners. I don't yeah. know if I want to talk about it. Well, this. the Kelsey brothers have the second best sports podcast in the world uh, next to Sons of Swoop, so it would be cool. You know, we could all be doing a podcast that week, so that would be cool to see. I mean, I would love to see Andy Reid. I mean, Pat Mahomes, I'm not doubting him. I will never doubt Pat Mahomes. Um, even with the uh, spring even, even with the ankle, but... Listen, the Bengals, uh, Joe Burrow, you know, if if Boston Scott is the giant killer, Joe Burrow might be the chief killer because he's undefeated against them. Uh, you know, we got this rematch from last year. I mean, I think this is going to be a great game. And, and obviously a lot hinges on the ankle of Pat Mahomes. But got to give the Bengals a lot of credit. And we got to stop looking at the Bengals like the, like the, you know, the stepchild or the kid brother. They got a really talented team, too, and they got a great quarterback. So, a great defense. I mean, that's going to be a great game. I think we have two amazing championship games, and uh, I will be honored to play either of them in the Super Bowl. I would agree, Joe. It's going to be some great football Sunday. Yeah, uh, some great football Sunday. Uh, Yeah, listen, the Bills. I mean, the Bengals pretty much handing the Bills a, a fat loss. Um, and that game was never really close either. I mean, it would be cool to see Hertz versus Barrow, two contemporary college you know quarterbacks that played you know about the same time that were both great. Um, obviously, Barrow winning the Heisman, Hertz coming close. I mean, that would be a cool storyline. I, I mean, listen, you can't go wrong here. Any any outcome for the Eagles if we win this game will be a good one. So I can't wait and. Um, you know, this is our opening year of this podcast. It's only been been good luck, so let's keep this thing rolling. Let's get a, a win at the link. If you are going to the game, you know, go crazy, make noise, wear your Jalen Hurts' jerseys. Like, let's get this thing going, guys. Let's freaking do it. All right. I think that's it. All right. Let's end it with a fly. Swoop. Fly.